Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. LaFondra looking to get side of Vaughn. LaFondra away from Davis! 3-1 running! 3 points running! Lucas Jowell opener... Keeper curse continues and Reading's inevitable collapse all upcoming today on the Elm Park Rules podcast, sponsored by Blue Collar Street Food. I'm Alex, your host, and I've been joined today by Matt Williamson. Matt, not a great result yesterday for Reading. No, not a great result. And um, yeah, again, Alex, you've picked two mats and you're going to have to differentiate us some way. So um, I'm looking forward to both talking about the game, but also... Uh, your, your podcasting expertise. This is this is fine. I've got it all under control because on the other end, I've got Matt Lansley. Lansley, how are we? Morning, Paul. Tart, Paul, not Paul. Oh, Alex, my brain is just, yeah. It, it's that's, really that the easy name as well. That is the easy name. Um, yeah, I don't know what I'd do if I was in your shoes. Um, <laughs> yeah, still reeling from yesterday and just, just tired of seeing us concede three, four goals. It's just, it's getting boring now, isn't it? It's just week after week, same thing. It's getting boring now, isn't it? That's a great line for the title right there. Um, 4-1 to Blackpool yesterday, and that is the 10th time that Reading have now conceded three or more goals in a league game this season. Uh, Matt Williamson, we started yesterday with the news that we had made two changes. Carl Hine out. Let's go straight into Carl Hine because he is out for the season. Well, yeah, it was a bit of an odd one because he initially said that he was out for the season and then said, like, based on scans, he might only be out for like four to six weeks, which is a long time. But I guess we'll be back in six time weeks takes of... us to the middle of April. So it's only going to be a couple of games after that, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, well, four weeks, you know, might be okay. Like, is it obviously it's just like peak reading because. I thought Hein was playing okay. Like he hadn't done anything spectacular, but he also did what he needed to when called upon. Okay, his kicking is a little bit, you know, dodgy at times. He um, doesn't necessarily, 
you know, fill you with confidence in the way that some goalkeepers do, but he is a very young goalkeeper and he was making the saves that he needed to. So at the end of the day, he, yeah, that, that's that's what you want in a goalkeeper. Luke Southwood it probably considers himself lucky to have come back in based on this because, yeah, I, I thought midweek was an odd time for the uh, like the conversation around around Carl Hine to change because I thought that he was at fault for um, the goal midweek. But, yeah, I mean, it, it just sums up Reading's season, doesn't it? Like, you've brought in a guy, everyone's slated him to begin with. He's kind of started to get a little bit of momentum under his belt and then he goes and gets injured. And that's just, that is just Reading's season in a nutshell. And, of course, his injury hasn't come on the field it hasn't come in training but it has come because he's slipped over at home and torn a ligament in his thumb so that as you say pretty much sums up reading season yeah i mean there was something to do with a knife right as well like so, some people mentioned a knife some people mentioned him slipping over either way it's very reminiscent of um well not in quite the same manner but leroy Leiter's injury sitting up in bed it just it gives me you know harking back to that um so, yeah, it's nothing new in, in, in Reading getting ridiculous injuries, but it just does seem to sum up this season. Matt Lansley as well. The secondary change was Tom Holmes out of the side, also injured. And apparently he was injured before the game against Birmingham, according to Paul Ince, which was a surprise because he then proceeded to play 90 minutes, uh, but was missing yesterday. Swapped out for... Delhi Bashiru, who came into the centre with Rinomota going to right back and McIntyre slotting in at centre back alongside Michael Morrison. Was Holmes a miss yesterday once we had McIntyre at centre back? Um, maybe not centre back um, because I think there's very little to choose between McIntyre and Holmes. I think the issues come when you're playing so many other players then out of position. You know, you're playing Rinomota out of position at right back, you're playing Yidom out of position at left back, and you're playing Deli Bashira out of position at, at you know, a, a, a deep lying midfielder. That's where the issues have come. And I think that's where obviously Holmes may not have been a miss at centre back. But when you look at almost the ramifications that had on the rest of the team, it's 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 quite a big miss, you know, quite um in in that in that respect. Um because you know, when when you're then playing three players out of position, um, no real left left-footed, sent, uh, left-footed left back. You know, you're you're just now looking at looking at problems and looking at you know um, square pegs in in round holes and everything. And it was kind of the story of the game. Yeah, square pegs in round holes is really another another thing which sums up Reading's season, isn't it? Um, so many cliches which apply to Reading this year. It's incredible. Matt, Reading started the game yesterday relatively well. Um, we had a, a couple of chances early on, but nothing nothing major. And the goal in the 17th minute from Lucas Schau is his sixth of the season now. He's only actually started nine games, so his return is incredible. But the work from Andy Yeardon for the goal was top class. Yeah, I mean, I think it's what we come to love about Andy Yeardom is he can run past the player and he can put it in the dangerous areas if he wants to, if he if he's close enough to goal. Maybe his actual crossing from out of the box isn't quite as good. But I think that's where it almost doesn't matter if he's on his um, 
on his weak side because he's got into such a position that all he has to do is like just pass it back across the box. It's it's a really simple finish uh, for Lucas Zhao, but he does it well enough. I mean, I cannot remember the last time I've seen a Reading team score a goal like that. Um, the kind of cutback, it feels like it's been absolutely ages and especially like a fullback being in those positions because... Yeah, I mean, like under Paunovic, we just didn't see them get that high, I don't think. Very reminiscent of Tyler Blackett to, uh, I want to say it was, we scored Swift. two goals in two games with Tyler Blackett cutting the ball back. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Might so, be Preston and Fulham. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Tyler Blackett running. running down one side, cutting it back to Swift on the penalty spot and, yeah. and just slotting it home. Like, those are the two last goals that I remember scoring like that, to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that there have been some more recently than that, but... That's the kind of pattern of play that you kind of want to see us do more. Um, I'm not sure. Like, it feels more like a fluke at this moment in time. Like Paul Lintz has said, he's not had much time on the training ground, if any. So it's not like it's a worked on thing. But if we can harness that kind of Andy Yeardom in the box, then I think that it's just going to lead to goals. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a case of, uh, you know, relying on individual talent Lansley is what we were discussing yesterday because the the goal itself came out of it it's not that it came out of nothing but the goal came out of relying on Yeardom and, and Zhao to I guess it individual talent is what I've said so yeah it relied on them to to come up with the goods rather than it being a, a situation that we found managed to find ourselves in multiple times yeah yeah and we we like you say we mentioned it a couple of times during the game yesterday because when when you look at it and yes obviously it has only had obviously a week in charge of the team you know with two games in there he's gonna have little time on the training ground but it was kind of the same under Paunovic and it's it, it's there just seems to be very very little game plan with the team and I mean going forwards we've certainly got enough individual talent to to get goals you know Zhao can make goals out of nothing so can Swift um you know and and if you can get a fullback like Yeardom further forward like like Matt rightfully said, it's it's probably only going to lead lead to more goals. What that will do defensively is another question. But but I mean, it was it was it was really nice to see because also how many times we've we seen that goal against us this season. I mean, we have conceded so many goals from cutbacks like that, and it's and it's it's the simplest goal to watch, and it's probably one of the well, might not be the simplest goal to do, but it's it, it's just. Yeah, we, we, we've not seen a goal like that in some time. I mean, it, it gave you hope. It gave you hope that, you know, that there might be might have been a change kind of in the air. You know, d different things were, were, were starting to go for us. Um, but the same the same frailties came to fore after that. And it doesn't matter how much attacking individual talent you've had or you've got when you then start giving up chances and mistakes like we then did later in the game. Um, it the, it the didn't take, it. yeah, it didn't take Blackpool long to create chances. The first one being a header from, I want to say it was from a corner or a free kick. I think it was from a set piece. Southwood makes a great save, Matt. Uh, it was actually a cross. It was a cross from the left-hand side. But yeah, I mean, Southwood... I I feel like we're going to talk about him more in this game, but that we might um, as well. Let's discuss Southwood's performance now. I mean, what did you make overall of Southwood yesterday? We can we can come on to the other goals, which I know are going to. I think he was Southwood as well. Pretty 
poor. I mean, that that cross that you're talking about, that was a, a very fine save. I think he made another save at one point that was really good. And and you've seen him make those kind of reaction stops like multiple times now and, and kept us in games. But the problem is for the first goal, he's far too hesitant to come and claim the ball when it comes over the top. Um, it, it is a difficult one because like, that's not the situation that you find yourself in very often, like with with players rushing out to to get to the top of the box and and a header coming back over the top. It's a bit of a strange situation, but he doesn't deal with it that well. And then, I mean, on the second goal, I think it's more Morrison than than Southwood. I think um, the other attacker actually blocks Southwood off, but um, he's got a couple more situations where he's come for balls and not quite got there, or he's got there and he's dropped it again. Um, but got a bit lucky. So, yeah, I mean, it it wasn't his finest game. I don't think that necessarily he, he's at fault for all the goals or anything. Um, but it, that, it's worrying, that first though, one it? especially it, it, it is on him for me. I think, like, when you've got everyone else rushing up, you then have to take that space in behind. Yeah, and not even just counting for the first goal, which we can probably at least attribute some of the blame towards Southwood for not coming out for this um, during the first goal. There was, again, Lansley, another drop from Southwood. And he, he just, whenever the ball comes in, especially from set pieces and corners now, uh, when Southwood is in goal, it, it worries me because it feels like teams have pretty much got to the point now where they don't actually use their own, they don't they don't go with their own set piece tactics anymore. And they, they are coming up with specific tactics to target Southwood at these, at, you know, corners and set the pieces. Yeah. And like I say, it is becoming more evident because you're seeing it more times when he's when he's playing as well. You know, it was clear that, 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 that well, to, to be fair to Blackpool, would they have really known Southwood was going to be in goal today? Probably not, because you probably would have thought Carl Hine would have been in goal, um, in all fairness. But you're you're seeing all of these crosses coming in and just almost every single game there's there's one or two drops you know we were we were discussing it yesterday as well why doesn't he punch it more maybe he doesn't have the presence to punch it or the confidence to punch it because if if you're constantly dropping the ball if you can't actually just claim a ball surely you should just start just punching it just get it away because then at least you're not you're not dropping it right at someone's feet you know or they're needing to needing to make obviously a frantic clearance diving on the ball whatever you're going to do to then clear the ball but he doesn't seem to punch actually well he did actually punch the ball once one of the first times i've seen him punch the ball yesterday but it was pretty poor when he did it but yeah it's 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 a difficult one with southwood because now we pretty much know he's going to be in goal until the end of the season you know how long do you kind of or what, what what do you do with him because I mean, his confidence must be pretty low from the from the Hind situation. But you know, we, we we need him to be better than ever, you know, for this for this running. Because frankly, the goals, the amount of goals that we're conceding, you know, you're going to be relying on your your goalkeeper quite a lot. But I would come back to there that I don't think that necessarily he was at fault for the other three goals. Like, no. So oh. yes, yes, Southwood is an issue. <laughs> An issue even feels a little bit harsh, but like Southwood has his problems. But like, if you're conceding the kind of chances that we're giving up, then 
you're going to concede goals whoever's in goal. Like, I don't care if Allison's in goal yesterday. Like, he doesn't necessarily stop some of those. And, like, Morrison recently has had, a like, a really poor run of games. And, like, that second goal, especially where he just gets absolutely bur- bullied by um, Medin, is, like, it, it's reminiscent of Lucas Zhao, um, Lucas Zhao, Lukovic, um, against uh, Liam Moore last season where he just got absolutely bullied. Like, if that was any other defender, I think, well, to be fair, I haven't really been on Twitter. I'm sure some people are shouting about it on Twitter. But, like, it, it's the kind of situation where, like, you see other players get slaughtered for it. Like, he's not been strong Probably enough. Probably should have been a foul, though. Yeah, Let, I agree. Let's like, be I, honest. It I was... mean, I do agree with that. But, like, the, the fact is he's been out-jumped and out, out like, muscled. Like, so, yes, I think it should, like... Or I don't know if it should be a foul, but I think nine times out of ten you get the foul for it. Um, but he's just not been strong enough. And actually, like most of the Reading players, I don't think they even really like appeal for the foul. Like they just they just go back to setting up for the goal kick uh, kickoff. Yeah, um, the first, I mean, the, I mean the second goal, as you say, I feel like probably pins more on Morrison. Um, we do. We got half time came. We got to one one half time. Neither team really had a major chance from memory after they after the two goals. And it was, uh, I thought kick. it played out. Uh, yes, actually, Swift had a good free kick, um, which was saved. Um, which was actually, I think that was early on in the second half. Swift's free kick. Um, yes. But the, the uh, to be honest, I figured that the first half played out. It was very similar. I thought to the Birmingham game. I don't really think either team deserved to be ahead. Uh, neither team had played particularly well. Um, half time came one one. The second half, as as Lance has just mentioned, Swift had a reasonably good free kick from twenty yards out or so early in the second half. Um, a pretty good save from the keeper puts it over. The second goal concede is another corner um you guys have kind of touched on it that gary medine has run out from inside of the goal round luke southward and then kind of clambered over michael morrison michael morrison i think yesterday was not it it wasn't one of his strongest games again and i feel like i feel like he's taken a, a step back this season compared to last season by quite a distance. And I don't necessarily think it's a case if he's getting outpaced, but it feels that, that technically he's a step below where he was last year, Matt, because even things like, I feel like simple five yard, 10 yard passes, we're seeing a lot more of those being intercepted for Morrison this year than we were last year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think part of it is that teams know that they can target him and under Panovic, especially like they'd had a season, they played him twice. They they knew what they were coming up against now. Um, But like, to me, it's his aerial presence. That's really gone. We've seen him be dominated by big strikers multiple times this season. Now, like you go back to 
early in the season and Chris Martin was winning all the aerial duels against him. And like Chris Martin's an okay centre forward, but like Michael Morrison... He's not a dominant, he's not a dominant championship centre forward though, is he? No, exactly. Like, I mean, Reading fans obviously have their own thoughts on on Chris Martin, but like he's been okay over the years. And it, it's just, that's the kind of duel where Morrison really needs to step up. Like, I think that this team would be hugely improved by having Scott Dan in it over Michael Morrison at this point. And like, I don't think we probably conceded that goal yesterday because of it as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's a tough one because like, you, what can he do? Like, uh, whatever the manager is, you come back to the fact that he really has no options here. Like, M- Morrison has to be playing. Um, it's just trying to mitigate some of those those issues he's having. Yeah, when there's no one else there, you you're kind of you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. You have to play Morrison and you have to play McIntyre at centre back. There's no other option, and it ends up with this situation where if we make defensive errors it's very difficult to then say, well, we want to drop him. And this has been the situation with Tom Holmes over the last couple of, you know, last couple of months, even. He probably should have been dropped at some point. He probably should have been rested, probably should have started a game on the bench, but he can't. And now the same situation is going to happen, I feel, with, with Michael Morrison, where realistically, it would be fantastic if we could bench Morrison for a game and start Scott Dan, but... Of course, Scott Dan is still injured. Don't know when he's back. Um, I haven't caught up with any of the press conference from Paul Lynch yesterday around injuries, but it wasn't a it wasn't a stellar Michael Morrison performance, um, certainly. And going forwards, Matt, in this in the second half, Lancey, Reading didn't really look all that dangerous, in all honesty. Um there was a a fairly sizable portion of the away crowd after I would say about 65, 70 minutes who were quite vocal in chanting for Mayte to come on. Um, presumably for Tom Ince, because Tom Ince yesterday was not great. I would, I would say he was very, the ball often was getting caught under his feet. Didn't really create any major chances and, struggle to I guess struggle to really get into the game particularly. Um the substitutions yesterday, let's come on to them. Um they are they happened when we were still two one down, but they didn't happen until almost 80 minutes. Yakimate comes on for for Tom Ince, Um and Tom Deli Bashiru came off for Ovi Ajaria. Uh, I mean can you understand the subs Lansley from yesterday? in terms of what the kind of, I guess, plan was to go to 4-4-2? Um, I can understand it to go 4-4-2. Um, I probably would have made the changes about, obviously, 15 minutes prior to when they were, because it was quite evident for quite some time that change needed to be made. And to be honest, I, like like I say, it, it, it would have been, Hoy- or well, to, it probably would have been Hoylet, because Hoylet and, Hoylet and Ince were very in- ineffective, but I probably would have ended up bringing off Hoylet and Ince because in the second half they just became so the game just passed them by you know they weren't affecting anything nothing really was going through them at all um you know I can understand the going to 4-4-2 um strategy but 
I mean, why we weren't looking at changes. I mean, we, we said it at the time, no one was even warming up 65, 70 minutes. It wasn't until about, it was like 74 minutes or so when Ajaria and Mate were sent out to start warming up, which I just think is criminal, really. You know, you're you, you, you're two one down. And it's one thing, obviously, Paunovic got castrated for, you know, the substitutions, leaving it so late, always being at the 74th minute or so of games before he'd make his first sub. And we've got, obviously, obviously, Ince's interim charge for the moment, but it's the exact same. You know, it's almost like something in the club. Someone in the club is saying you have to make subs after said minute. It's quite, it's, it's a little bit amusing when you, when you take it with a pinch of salt. But I mean, how Ince stayed on the pitch, um, I don't really know because I mean, it, it just did not, nothing really happened for him yesterday. I can't really remember anything or pinpoint anything that he did yesterday that was of much good or of much, you know, use to the team and how a player that you say that about can last 90 minutes is a question in itself. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that Ince had a, a bad game or a terrible game or played awfully, but he was very ineffective. It just didn't, yeah, no, nothing nothing happened, you know, like, like when, 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 when the ball came to Ince, nothing nothing happened going forwards a lot of the time he'd end up passing backwards it was always the safe the safe pass he was making it was the same with drink water pretty much yesterday apart from a couple of weird passes that he tried to make um but but yeah like 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 i say it, it, it wasn't it wasn't a bad performance but just nothing happened and when you've got a player that's essentially a passenger for, for 60 65 minutes you've got to at least just bring them off and try something else because otherwise you're just playing with 10 men yeah, I guess this leads me on to Tom Deli Bashir yesterday, Matt, who was clearly out of his, not out of his depth, but he was out of his comfort zone playing in that holding midfield role. Um, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting one because um, he, he was playing alongside Drinkwater, but I think he was given a bit more license to go forward and he wasn't really tasked with picking up the ball off of defence at all. So, like all of that was left to Danny Drinkwater, pretty much. Which I like. I thought Drinkwater had an okay game yesterday. I thought he cut out those passes where he's trying to play it first time and and misses everyone. He played, I think, like one or two more expansive passes, which which kind of worked. Um, Delhi Bashiru, I don't know it. It just feels like a lot of the time the game passes him by, like wherever he's standing, um, whether he's at left wing, whether he's in centre mid, um, but. I feel like with Deli Bashiru, when he's not on the ball, he doesn't do any like he doesn't really do anything. And then when he is on the ball, it often seems to take him four, five, six touches to 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 go anywhere or to do something effective with it when you really need him to do it in two or three. Yeah, I mean I think I think he that I think there is a player in there, right? I think that we're not necessarily playing him where he should be played. Um to me, his skill set kind of seems like it would be best in a midfield three as like the the shuttler almost like uh, with a bit more license to to roam. Um, he had one opportunity where he, uh, I think it was after the Blackpool second goal, he, he kind of has a shot from outside the box, um, tackles the guy in possession, gets into the box and then just kind of rolls it into the keeper. Whereas I think it a, earlier... Was such, it was such a weak shot, the second shot. It wasn't, and that's annoying because that's exactly where we've seen Delhi Bashiru kind of excel is with his shooting um, at kind of in those situations around the edge of the box where he can absolutely leather it. Um, but I don't think he was set up right. Like I think that he, 
yeah, just never really got got behind the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that it didn't work because I don't necessarily think that at any point he was an issue yesterday. I think I've said this about Delhi Bashiri before. Um, I didn't feel like he was a problem yesterday. I just don't feel like he was the solution again. Um, and But again, all of this comes down to not having the squad to be able to fill a left back when they're injured, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I thought Reno at right back played okay. Like, I thought his recovery pace was really nice. Um, I think that when he actually got back, he necessarily... Uh, he didn't necessarily make the tackle that you wanted him to, but that's understandable when you're playing a a guy out of position at right back. Um, he needs to be a little bit more combative at right back, I feel, than in in midfield because he tends to have cover in midfield, whereas at right back he he didn't really. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I think I think the whole thing comes back to, as you say, like individual pieces of skill being what Reading thrive off, and it's like. What do you want Delhi Bashiru to do with the ball? <laughs> like that's that's what it comes down to, right? Like, because at the minute, all you really want him to do is pass to Swift or pass to Jao. And that, like, if that's all that he needs to do, I mean, he kind of did that yesterday. He didn't, you know, he wasn't massively disappointing in that regard. But what other pattern of play are we expecting from that guy in holding midfield? Like, if, if that was Laurent yesterday, would we have been upset with what Delhi Bashiru had done? I understand no. that those names are confusing there, but <laughs> it, it would have it would have been a very typical Josh Laurent kind of performance. I think if if we'd seen that from Josh Laurent instead, it wouldn't have been that different. Um, no, and like that, I think I think that we're coming in with expectations of what we're hoping Delhi Bashiru to do, and I don't think that he, yeah, I don't think that he played badly. I don't think he played particularly well. I think that yes, on the ball, the game kind of passed him by, but that was in part because of the what I think was a conscious decision for Drinkwater to go and collect the ball more, um, which I think he did midweek as well. And like when you have Danny Drinkwater, if you can get him playing well, that is what you want him to do. Like that's what he's in the team for. So it's a bit of like, I find it really difficult to critique um, Delhi Bashiri yesterday, to be honest, because like, I, yeah, yeah. For all the reasons above. It's, it's all, it's almost like this, this whole season with Delhi Bashiri, it's very difficult to really say whether he's had a good or a bad season because of, so many all the reasons you've pretty much listed about yesterday's game because it, it feels like Delhi Bashiru's just everything you don't know what nobody seems to know what he is there for really yeah I mean my, my it wife... sounds harsh it sounds harsh but I feel like that's that's what it, no one really knows why he's here or what he's been brought here to do my worry with Delhi Bashiru like playing deeper has always been that he's gonna foul people too much and like because I think he can tackle okay but like around the box he gives away way too many fouls. And be, even that yesterday he didn't really do. So I I think he was fine. That was a, yes. That was pre- pretty much where we ended up there. Uh, <laughs> Denny Bashiru played okay. Um, Matt Lansley, we went to 4-4-2 for the last 10 minutes. And I guess we tried to push players forward. We didn't create anything ourselves, but unfortunately this led to Blackpool scoring two goals on the counter-attack. The third one probably is worse than the fourth one. Um, The third one is pretty poorly defended once it comes up to the centre circle with Blackpool winning three, I want to say three headers in a row with zero contest from any Reading players. Um, 
with only, I think it's only three, three Reading players are actually behind the ball at this point. Mm-hmm. And it's a good ball through from, I want to say it was Dougal for the assist. And he plays Shane Lavery through um, with a decent through ball. And But Tom McIntyre's defending leaves a lot to be desired on this third goal. Um, I'm not going to lie. I do not share your opinion about it being a good through ball. It is quite possibly the most championship goal I think you'll ever see with the amount of hoofs forward. I mean, you can you can shake your head as much as you like. I mean, it gets hoofed forward from the right back. It gets knocked in the air by, I think it's their number 90. Actually, it was probably um, chap that scored, um, Lavery. Then Medine heads it into the middle and then it just gets lumped forward by by by, by Dougal. It's, and then Accurate it gets, lump forward. Well, it's, 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 it's not, it's not a, it's, it's not your average pass forward. I, I, I think, I think it's fair to say, I mean, it's, it's just very championship, but then it's, it doesn't even leave three players. I think it's just, um, Rinomota. In and fact, it's, it's, it, it's, I think it's Rinomota, Morrison and McIntyre just watching the replay here now. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Morrison, and this Morrison was another thing I had with Morrison yesterday is like, I don't really get why he's trying to press that ball because, when it's, it's bouncing like so that, yeah. When it's bouncing like that, it's way too easy to play over him. Like I'd much rather he drops and like, but then then he leaves the middle open, right? Which also is not necessarily the best idea. Like this kind of comes back to the substitutions and having drink water and swift. In, well, kind of it entirely comes back to having drink water and swift in midfield and and going for that that equalizer, which is why I can kind of stomach the goal, but not necessarily in the way that it was conceded. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's that's part of the issue is we've we've conceded a goal which, which is not very good defending. Again, that's that's more what I would be upset about rather than the goal actually happening. It's it's another piece of defending which is just um, it's not even individual mistakes. It's just poor quality. Actually, the third goal. I think as as Matt said, Morrison stepping up to try and put a block in after the ball's already bounced is not. It's not what you'd want him to do, and then McIntyre no stepping off of of Lavery as as Lavery is coming towards the box. I'm not quite sure McIntyre realizes how deep he is. By the time the ball hits the net, McIntyre is you know very close to the six yard box. Um, I don't really know what McIntyre's thinking is in terms of what he's trying to do there. I don't know whether he's going to attempt to block or whether he he's gets stepped inside to too easily as well right like because yeah, coming I'm from just that not side. really sure what his plan is McIntyre when he's trying to defend there yeah I mean I, good question who knows <laughs> I, I think that he's gone to kind of tackle him I think and just missed the tackle and Lavery stepped inside him and and sorted it past Southwood I, I kind of at the time thought Southwood might have done better with it but I think that might be a bit harsh on him to be fair like it I think sure. I'd agree. It's slotted right in the corner. I think South no. would would have done very well to get there. It would have been. A yeah, good, I mean, we would have, got... we would have been sitting here praising it as a good save if South would have saved that. Certainly. Very yeah, maybe save. that's fair. <laughs> I mean, but he's come out a long way, right? Like he's cut the angle down. Um, it's not like he's still on his goal line and he slotted it right in the corner. He has actually done what the the right thing. He's come out, I think. But uh, yeah, maybe may, maybe it's because I'm already in trying to pick holes in Luke Southwood mode that that. That one for me. Yeah, we, we we probably don't need to go over Luke Southwood again. I don't really think either of these goals can be can be particularly pinned on him here. Um, because the fourth goal, Lansley wasn't um it, I mean the fourth goal 
didn't it didn't seal it because it was already over by this point because it was the 90th minute and another goal conceded in injury time for Reading. Um, a goal which was cut back from the left-hand side over to the edge of the area in the air. Is that a cut back? I'm not really sure, but it's a, it's a cross to the edge of the area um, from the left-hand side to, is it Bola who gets the fourth? And giving Bola credit, it's a really good finish, but unfortunately it's a, it's another goal where I just feel like they found space far too easily. They found space far too easy, and organisationally, I mean, we're a mess at that point. Quite frankly, I mean, you, you know, you you can you can see it in in the third goal with 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 how the team ends up being. And I mean, when when you when you look at it back, I mean, you've got you've got all four defenders and drink water almost just in a cluster. You know, it's it's the organisation is just completely gone at that stage. It's almost like you've gone to. Jose Gomez gung ho football at that point and just trying to, you know, do everything he can to get an equaliser. And to be fair, you know, can I understand that at that point? I mean, if it works, you know, you'd probably say yes. But I mean, you know, I think ultimately you can't have, if you're going to go attacking, you've, you've still got to have something in defence. You've still got to have some organisational pattern there. And it's just, you know, right from when it when it's out on the left and when it's when it's when it's cut in, you know, you've got you've got Morrison and Yin, Yin, um Morrison Rinomoto, sorry, on the right, trying to tackle. Um, I think it's I think it's Hamilton that puts the cross in, which just Lee, it, it's it's just an utter utter mess when you look at it, and it's just it's just classic Reading FC defending seemingly from this year. Another cross, open. I mean. Chapu scores. He's 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 in five yards of space. It's a good volley, but it, it's it's just you can't let goals in like that, even when you're chasing the game. Because when when you're just throwing your organisation away, seemingly like we have done, you're gonna concede goals like that. And it's a real element of the game that I know we've spoken about it about how much he'll be able to change on this. But Ince really has to try and get some organisation in this team because there's there's just nothing at the moment. And Matt, those late two goals that we do concede now gives us the unwanted title of having the most goals conceded in the championship. And in worse news, it actually puts our goal difference to below that of Barnsley, who picked up a very good victory yesterday against Middlesbrough at home and are six points behind us with a game in hand, with their game in hand being midweek against Derby County. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a little bit worrying. Um, Barnsley could... Like I'd like them to stop winning. Um, I mean, this result feel like yeah, we're going to talk about goal difference and whatnot when when things like this happen. But four one, I feel like it did flatter Blackpool a bit. Like this could have been a two one game, and um, everyone would have gone home probably like happy less enough. Upset. Yeah, less, less upset. upset. Maybe that's better. Like and and if Reading had got it back to two two, um, with throwing those bodies on at the end, I think that's probably also like a fairly fair result. Um, even if we didn't necessarily create that much. And I think that goal difference, you kind of hope that it's not going to be relevant this season um, because even yesterday, I think that there is enough in this team to pull us away from the relegation zone. Um, it's just, you've got to keep players fit, which is a real worry at the minute. Um, you've got to find, a like Paul Lintz has to, well, this is the other problem. We have absolutely no idea what Paul Lintz is going to do to this team. So kind of trying to hypothesise that 
um, before he's actually had a chance is is difficult. But I think there is a a, a route out of this for Reading, and I've kind of said that all the time. Um, even with Panovic in charge, like I think that there was a route out. Um, it's just, yeah, every time we we kind of start to pull away, we we edge ourselves back in, and, and Barnsley in a month and a bit now. Uh, could be a really big game. Um, I think it's probably good that we still have to play them uh, just in case we need to kind of go back above them or or pull ourselves away from them. But yeah, goal, yeah. goal difference to me is is not, it's obviously bad, but I think that if, if we're relying on goal difference, we're in a, a much worse place. That is true. We've still got a six point gap. I feel like that's, that's important to say. And we have actually been reasonably good against those teams who are in the bottom six, seven places. We actually have only lost one game so far against the teams in the bottom eight of the table, um, and that was Derby away. So the fact that we've still got to play away at Barnsley and you know Cardiff at home, Hull away, Swansea at home, these res- these games are games where it feels like we could at least um, be picking the points, and it, it doesn't feel like anything's, anything's decided just yet, um, although that game in midweek between... Barnsley and Derby, it feels like there's no good result really, Lansley, for Reading. A draw, I mean, but then it's, yeah, it pulls it pulls Barnsley closer to us. I think really, you know, I think everyone just wants to see Derby gone. Not, nothing against Derby County fans if there's one or maybe two that listen to this, I doubt there are. But, <laughs> I mean, Derby really are the only team you're actually looking at thinking we have a, we have you know, a problem here with with them chasing us down, and thankfully, obviously, they've lost a few games, lost a bit of momentum. Um, but but yeah, um, but in the same essence with Barnsley having their upturn in form, three wins in four. You know, quite frankly, now they're looking the ones who's going to be chasing us down. So yeah, it's it's just I think really a draw. I mean, I'm going to be and uh, like I've never wanted to see the Dallas nil nil. I think between both of them. Um, I think ever, you know, I just, yeah, if, if we get a draw, I think everyone would be happy because I don't think really anyone really wants to see Derby win. Nobody wants to see Barnsley win. Just get a draw. Yeah. It's 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 not too much to ask. Yeah. It's a game. It's a game where I would be very, very pleased if there was two red cards and a nil nil, frankly, and that would be absolutely delightful. Um, Reading, Reading host Millwall next weekend. And Matt, you will be back with the pod next week, previewing that. But, uh, do you want to throw me a score prediction now, or are you going to hold off? Um, I'm going to hold off, just build the suspense. Build the suspense and make sure that people tune into the preview pod next week. That's Lansley, what they tune in I, for, right? It, I'm sure they do, right? Like It's got to be part of the reason that you all tune in. Lansley, what score prediction are you going for for the Millwall game next week? God. Um, Millwall are on a good run. They're on a very good run at the moment. Um chasing down playoffs possibly i think it's a it's a game that's a lot tougher than i think most people think um i don't want to be a baddie but i i think right now i'd be happy with the draw i mean i know we need to start winning games i've said we need to start winning games but it's it's a much tougher game than i think most people are giving it credit for next week we will find out how tough from Matt in the preview pod later in the week. Uh, make sure if you haven't yet to click the subscribe button and you will be notified once that has been released. Thank you for tuning in today. Uh, fingers crossed we get back to some kind of winning way next week against Millwall and we will speak to you all then. Cheers.